Hello, everybody. I hope I'm audible to all. Great. So a very, very warm welcome to you, Nandita. It's great. Hi. Can you hear me? Very clearly. Thank you. So it's great to have you here. I'm so looking forward to this session with you. And I don't want to uh, waste any time on any formal preliminaries because we want to save that time just to hear you. Because I know that you have lots to tell us about. Yeah. But my one question to begin with, would you that I will, uh, as we heard that you've been a journalist with so many erstwhile publications, the companies, newspapers, uh, how and when was your transition from a journalist to an author? I mean, like what motivated you towards this shift? So as a journalist, when I started out, I was, you know, like obviously like a, a, a writer and a reporter and stuff like that till I started my own column. Uh, that was Potpuri for Midday and Khas Chera. And slowly what happened after three, four years, uh, my style changed from plain writing, just reporting and writing to a kind of, you know, I would fictionalize some stuff. I would add little stories, dialogues and all. And that is one, I think, Gulzasab. Who was a who used to read my columns a lot, and one day he told me, "Both columns abhi. You know, you write well, ठीक है. अभी थोड़ा आगे बढ़ो. कुछ तो आगे, you know." So I said, "क्या करे?" He said, "Write books, write stories. You write your columns almost like stories, you know. So why don't you write?" I said, "You mean fiction, अरे? He said, "Your columns have a beautiful blend of both. Try it." So in 2005, uh, because of Gulzar Saab's blessings, and he wrote the foreword also, and my husband's pushing, my first book of short stories called Nine on Nine. Right, yeah, yeah. Short stories is also in the Denmark University in their wow. curriculum. It's in the Sahitya Academy uh, Anthology of Indian Writers. And the cover, of course, is by Hussein Saab, the late MFA. Wow. So that's how I started. Uh, moved into fiction. And then uh, after that, I moved, I did the most popular, the most controversial, the most spoken about book, my husband's yeah. biography, Unlikely Hero. Right. And uh, that was in 2010. And mm -hmm. in 2012 was my uh, romantic uh, thriller, historical romance from 19th century India till 21st century, spanning three con uh, two continents and three cities, Kolkata, mm -hmm. Bombay, London, and Wales. So okay. that was, again, you know, a complete fiction, but it took me about seven years working on it. So basically, it was that. And after 2012, there was a big gap. Lots happened in between. And uh, I kind of gave up uh, journalism because of today's the kind of journalism we see in my time, journalism meant, you know, it was the fourth pillar of democracy. Yes, yes. It is a paid pillar of democracy. It is jingoism instead of journalism. And there were times because of certain journalists who rule the roost today, I was very ashamed to even call myself a journalist. You know, I wouldn't even say, I would say, no, I'm an author. And then I realized, why the hell should I? Those guys should be out. And I'm glad, you know, that kind of journalism is slowly moving away. Every, you know, in our time, we had journalism and yellow. Now it is dirty. I don't know what color. Black, yellow, uh, black, green, uh, red, purple, everything. 
So anyway, so uh, in 2014, that was my transition. You know, 2012 was my last book, Two Worlds, and then of course, in 2000 this year, I had Jennifer out. Mm. So it's almost after eight years. Okay, great. Uh, thank you for sharing all that with us, uh, Nandita. Just a small qu uh, question, and then we absolutely just plunge into Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> I uh, personally believe that an author's books are shaped by his or uh, her uh, life, you know, something that has impressed them, something that has stayed in their memory or their childhood, some instances that happen. Uh, what, and what makes an writer write? What makes an author write? I mean, like, this is something that always intrigued me. Uh, what's your take on this? My take is, you see, writers write. That is their way of expression. Maybe they're not so articulate with uh, the spoken word. They are much more articulate with the written word. In my case, yes, uh, you know, uh, I prefer to write more than I speak, though I speak also. But mm. uh, I think I'm more articulate while writing. I can express better. And uh, there are lots of things an author writes uh, because you want to purge. You know, it's like a cathartic experience. True so that, like, yes. It, I have nine short stories in, in nine on nine. It's mm -hmm. it, the each uh, the central figure of each story is an urban Indian woman from various stratas, lower class, lower middle class, middle class, upper class, everything. But there is a bit of every woman in every short story, a bit of me, you know, oh, some okay. characteristic. Then, of course, uh, the biography, obviously, you know, there's a part of me in it. You know, go a major part of you, a major, a major part, part of me. Yes, a major part of me. And this, a lot of my, a lot of people say it's very, it's semi-autobiographical. So I said, no, it's not. The stories of the two women are completely different from my story, Ila mm -hmm. and Una. But then there are portions which you have to base for authenticity, the surrounding sometimes, the characteristics sometimes, incidents sometimes. So you, we. Well, what should we say? We just keep taking from our lives and people around us, their lives, and we keep putting it into it. Okay, nicely answered. Now, let's talk about Jennifer. Right. Um, I want to know first and foremost that what was it that inspired you to write about this story? It's a true story. And how did you chance upon this? I know it was a much talked about episode that happened in the year, but what made you write about this? Jennifer. So, you know, when I hadn't done any book writing till from 2012, and uh, I was just being very lazy and uh, stuff like that. And then around 2014, there was an uh, activist friend, lawyer activist friend of mine, Pradeep Havnoor. He says, you know, I want you to meet this lady, Jennifer. I said, okay, I met her. I didn't find her very impressive. And then he gave me a whole lot of a dossier. He's saying, this is Jennifer's story, you know, after I met Jennifer. So I read the story and I said, you mean this is the same lady? She said, yes, it's the same woman. So I said, amazing. I couldn't have believed, you know, she's been through all this. So he says, uh, I want you to write. I said, are you crazy? A, I am not part of any NGO. Those days, I'm talking of 2014. I have never done social service per se at the grassroots level. And why do you want me to write? It is nonfiction. I can deal with nonfiction. 
child trafficking, inter-country adoption, not my subject at all. He says, see, it's a very important issue. We, Jennifer's case was also one of the freakiest cases in child trafficking history. And yes, we lost her, you know, we thought we would win it, but we lost a case in the Bombay High Court because of technicalities, immigration laws. We also lost it in uh, the Supreme Court. And now on humanitarian basis, we want someone to write and bring out the story. And Jennifer was a representation of the millions who yeah. suffered like her, you know? So yes. I said, I, I said, no, 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 it's too much of studying, too much of work, hard work. You know, I can't fool around with a topic like child trafficking and inter-country adoption. I said, no, I cannot. So let me at least uh, think about it. Meanwhile, I sounded the idea to a couple of my friends. Mm. And, you know, one of my friends is a uh, IPS officer. He said, no, 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 this is very interesting. You should do it. I said, yeah, bahut sare research karna hai. Then my husband, uh, he said, uh, you know, I think you should do it, however difficult it is, because sometimes you should give back to society also. Yes. You know, you should not only do things which are going to be bestsellers or this thing. Give it back to, give back. That's your way of giving back to society. I said, okay. Then I embarked and uh, uh, Pradeep and uh, his colleague Arun Dole and Anjali Pawar, they are all members of an organization called ACT. Uh, against Act. Child, yeah, ACT. Against Child Trafficking. Yeah which is based out of Brussels, and the, their colleague there is Royley Post. So Arun and Royley worked from Germany and uh, Belgium, respectively, Anjali and Pradeep from Bombay, uh, Bombay and Pune, respectively. And mm -hmm. they said, Pradeep said, any help you need, any research, we are there. We'll give you everything. You just write it. So I read, and there was so much Jennifer's story, all the court papers, dossiers, this, that. Then there was a whole lot on child trafficking and, you know, it completely. And in the middle of everything, I said, OK, I have to pull out a human interest story. Because if I write a nonfiction on child trafficking, people are going to read two pages and throw it off. Right. Through the life of Jennifer Haynes, when you read the story and you realize the people who come in between and are involved in this, it works out better. So basically, I'm a storyteller by <laughs> nature. So I strung a story of Jennifer's. Then I got child. I interwove the whole thing. And of course, uh, from 2014, 15, I started. And Jennifer was another ball game altogether. So, you know, it's been like five years of research, interviews, yeah. research. I was coming to that and how long it took you to write this book. It took me about five years. And uh, one year, of course, was uh, the editors worked on it for about a uh, few months. And then, of course, there was a lot of controversial stuff in the book because, see, I'm writing nonfiction. And I didn't want to say, and there exists a international group from the time of so-and-so, so-and-so century. I didn't want to write all those. I wanted to give it bang on. Mm. So, you know, of course, my publishers... Uh, kept telling me this whole subject is so controversial. So sure. I said, don't worry. It's all been through. Before I gave it to the publishers, I made Pradeep and Arun. Pradeep read it. Okay. So that, you know, so that whatever was legally wrong, he could have removed it. I said, I don't want to file, you know, be running from court to court rest of my life. So please see it's legally clear. So he said, yes, whatever anyone objects to are in court. 
their court papers. You're basing your story on that. And then, of course, uh, the, my publishers, after going through all that, still had their apprehension. They said, you know, can you remove some topics, some subjects like, uh, you know, uh, the Illuminati or the missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's, or the Vatican, or the United Nations, or, you know, the Pope. To remove and, them all. Yeah, yeah, just the royal families. Can you just remove them? It doesn't, though, of course, they, they are all involved in child trafficking. They said, can you just remove this? Because, you know, it doesn't, I said, listen, if I remove that, then it will be a fiction. It will not be a non-fiction. And exactly. the whole idea is to bring forth this. So please let us, you know, go go with it. So that's, uh, uh, then they, you know, they went through the, uh, with their lawyers and Pradeep and uh, Arun, they, you know, in, uh, so about six, seven months went. And then, of course, it came out in, uh, it was published in March this year. Unfortunately, I would have loved to be physically present in all festivals. Not <laughs> yeah, but now we are doing it all virtually. Um, Nanita, do you mind showing us the cover of the book once yes. again? Um, I'm pretty intrigued by the cover. What does it mean to you? What are you trying to tell the readers? What is it about, the graphics? Well, that you'll have to ask my editor, Shashwati Vora, you know, because when it came mm -hmm. to designing the cover, she has a lot. It's unusual. Yeah. It's very it's unusual. Very unusual. So, you know, we, we, I was just give. she said, let me think about it because she was so involved in the book. So I said, uh, you know, what do you want to put, you know, a child's hand with an adult's hand or something like that? Or he says, no, no, let's not clutter the page. And then she went into this. This is a swirl. This is she and the designer. Both of them together, they designed. And it's very nice. also in the back, a bit of it in the back, you know, with a back blurb. And uh, they said, let's leave it white and let's show the inhumanity of child trafficking, of inter-country adoption, and the blood which goes behind it. Because actually, when we talk of adoption, and when we send out children, out of the 100 children, only 10 reach proper adoptive homes. 90 of the kids are you know, used for pedophilia, for organ transplant, for jihad, for all sorts of uh, Middle Eastern sports, blood, bloody yes. sports, for yes. a whole lot of other things. So I think this Jennifer's life is all that. You know, I think, I think most youngsters should read all our youngsters read this book because it's really an, an eye-opener. A lot of times we know things are happening, but then we keep quiet about, about it. We push it aside that, okay, it's happening, but if you're not, you know, uh, just ignore it. And that's where the problem lies because we choose to ignore it. It's too shocking. It's too scary to accept uh, things like this. But then bottom line is that the moment you start ignoring it and come into your comfort zone, that's the problem there. Okay. Um, thank you for explaining about the book graphic, the cover page. This particular book Nandita, has been hugely acclaimed. It's been called as a gut-wrenching, uh, heart-wrenching. Uh, it's an eye-opener. Right. Uh, how did you research on her and draw out such strong emotions? And as you mentioned earlier, I'm sure there was some opposition from some authority. Did you face any difficulties uh, while writing about this, doing research on her? Were there any blocks? Because it's a very sensitive matter. And as I understand, a lot of many agencies were involved into this, right? So did you face any difficulty? 
not from the agencies because i did a very smart thing i kept absolutely quiet about the book nobody mm-hmm. even knew in fact when people said what are you working on i said yeah i'm just looking at things you know i'm just uh, you know uh, look looking out for options and all let's see what what comes out of it so nobody knew there was i haven't i hadn't even breathed out a word to the press till the book was about to be published in march then in uh, january i kind of you know a little bit went around in some uh, lit lit fest yes now the thing is uh, the opposition i actually faced was on and off from jennifer because, oh yeah so the first time when she came when i finished reading about her i made how my point she now how old is she now she is about 36 36 okay. 37 mm. so that was 5 years earlier so when mm. i you know pradeep told and she respects pradeep a lot because pradeep is responsible for you know keeping her uh keeping her sanity intact so i remember uh first time she came home i had read about her i had made my pointers i had made a framework of the book now i had to fill it in one part of the research i was reading on my own and filling in and through interviews and all and the other was main main subject was jennifer so jennifer comes the first day and she says can you lend me a pair of shorts i said eh? so she said i need to be comfortable i don't know what she was wearing some pair of jeans i said see i don't have any pair of shorts to lend you just wear this and mm. briefly i go through jennifer as an 8 year old was trafficked out of india uh, by um, clarice de souza and an organization into mm. the us as an 8 year old under the garb of adoption she was actually snatched from her parents and she was trafficked out in the us she was Uh, she she lived through two adoptive white american homes for a year year and a half in both of both these homes she was sexually abused by the white american father and brothers then after a year couple of years she was put into the american foster care system at the age of 10 which is the worst system in the world and from 10 to 18 she changed 50 50 foster care homes in this interim period she was on drugs she was hustling she was a kleptomaniac shoplifting she did a whole lot of things at the age of 18 when she was out of the foster care system she met a fourth generation chicago black american drug de- dealer and they got married and they both started hustling on uh, hustling crack cocaine so then they got kids so while her son was four and a uh, uh daughter was 3 both of them were busted undercover sent into two different prisons one for the uh, in newberry the husband and she went uh, to a different uh, this thing in uh, michigan and that's where they discovered that her papers were not right 20 years she uh, 10 years 20 years she lived in the us because she kept changing so they could not process her papers but what happened is if you cannot process the papers and if monica uh, i'm saying monica sorry jennifer is a felon you know and she's been uh, this thing accused of ag- aggravated felony then you should let her serve her term 3 years 2 years 5 years and then process her papers because right. at the age of 8 she's already an american citizen because she's already been in america so it's your fault 
not to process a paper. But more than them, it is the fault of the Indian ambassador sitting in Washington, not knowing the rules. A stupid lady called some Meera Shankar, who just without checking the rules and the thing, just signed uh, this uh, Jennifer off and sent her back to Bombay on a Delta flight, hand and feet shackled. And here, when she knew nothing, for her, India was just a, you know, a country in the map. And she couldn't speak. She speaks American, her children, her husband, everyone is there. Her friends are there. She comes to Bombay, hasn't a clue what to do. That's when Pradeep kind of helps her, tries to, you know, and act helps her. And they go into a background, they get her an Indian passport. And she, for 10 years, 12 years, she's in India. Till two years ago, she was in denial that she's an Indian. And rightly so. Because she is an American. She's not an Indian. But now she's kind of taking it into her face. Okay, uh, that's all I have to do. You know, I'm an Indian. So it's very sad. And then here also she got into hustling again. You know, because there was no money. And every time she would get a job in a call center or somewhere, they would check her background, Google her background. And then they say, no, we don't want you. So this became a huge problem. Hers was a catch. 22 situation yeah and uh, and as uh, she says you know uh, people say that when life gives you lemons make lemonade out of it and jennifer says when life throws rotten lemons at you tell me how do i make lemonade out of it so that yeah. is the story of jennifer so okay i can see that you're very very passionate about her and uh, the book, of course, is a result of that passion that you have uh, about writing as well. Uh, I have, there are two very important questions, and we have little time left, Nandita. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. uh, very quickly, uh, what do you then say about our Indian laws regarding adoption? And I'm sure there are many loopholes now. I realize this. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I want a, a quick answer on that because then I want to know much more about the Ompuri Foundation, please. Okay. So yes, the laws we are not support. The laws are much better. The Central uh, Adoption Research uh, Bureau, CARA, has tightened the laws so that if today you adopt a child and even if you kill the child into your country six months later, the day you sign the adoption papers, the child becomes uh, the, the, a citizen of the U.S. Yeah. In Jennifer's time, unfortunately, that was not the rule. But uh, things are much more stronger, tighter, but I still feel inter-country adoption should be banned. Children should remain in their own country, within their own geographical. I mean, just imagine a black American adopting a Chinese or a white American adopting a brown Indian. You know, there are so many physical uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. questions. So I and think it's best, according to the Hague resolution, we should stay within our countries. Inter-country should be banned, at least, I feel. I think that you have a very strong and valid point there. Worth thinking about. Okay, uh, you start a YouTube channel and the foundation. Tell us about that, please. So the Om Puri Foundation was uh, started in 2017 by uh, at the 70th Khan's Festival. We lost mm -hmm. Om Omji very suddenly yes. in January. His uh, uh, January 2017. His diary was full till 2021, and there he went. You know, he still had five days of tube light shooting. And he went suddenly five hours before he was there and five hours later he was gone. So in uh, that year, the 70th Khan at the British Pavilion, 
we launched the Om Puri Foundation. The idea of the foundation was to carry his legacy and his uh, philosophy ahead because uh, he had been to all these festivals. He was not an Indian actor. He was known as the international face of India. Yes, the only yes. Indian actor to have got the OBE by the, Briti uh, by the Queen of England, the Order of the British Empire, as well as the Indian Government Awards. So I thought, you know, and he was very, uh, people in the UK are very fond of him. And because he's done a lot of British films, he's done lots of serials. So I thought through all his Indian mm -hmm. and British films, we could take it, or, and Hollywood films, he's worked with the masters. Yes, we would yes. take it through festivals and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sham Benegal, Satyajit Ray, Bharatik, Coach, the works. Mm -hmm. And through the philosophy, we thought, you know, he came from extremely trying circumstances. Uh, he didn't have money when he went to LSD, nor he had money when he went to FTI. It was the good, you know, the goodwill of friends, the generosity of Girish Karnad, who helped him out, you know. So mm -hmm. I, we, I introduced the Om Puri scholar at the FTI, started out with, and the Om Puri uh, fellow at the National School of Drama. And uh, he was very close to the, uh, the, the farmers. And he was very close to the farmers and the uh, weavers because he played a master weaver in Susman, Cham Benegals. So I also introduced the Ompuri Kisan Scholarship for farmers' children and the Ompuri Karigar Scholarship for the weavers' children because one he felt was the backbone, the farmers of our nation. The yes. other he felt we need to be self-reliant through them. Right. During this pandemic, uh, if you go onto our website, the ompurifoundation.com. Yeah, I did. We actually went ahead. It's no longer for theater and film students. It's just everything was online. So I said, now let's help people we need. So the Dabbawalas came, the farmers, the weavers, the cyclone relief victims of uh, Bengal. So what mm -hmm. we did, and we are different from the other NGOs. We are How? an NGO, but we don't give it directly to any NGO. We coordinate with them. Like with the Mukti Foundation at, for the Amphan Relief, the Dabbawalas for the Dabbawalas, the, uh, the Dastakar for the Weavers and the Dorge Patil Trust. So we take the names of the needy people and send money directly into their accounts so that they can buy their ration or whatever with the money. So we, you know, and mm. we are obviously, we tie up with the NGOs, they help us to give, it, give us the names from their database. And we've also uh, started our YouTube channel called Puri Bate. Puri Bate. Yeah. Well, so, so it's basically a virtual Om Puri museum. You have actors, directors, all associated with Mr. Puri and beyond, you know. And of course, uh, another project of the Om Puri Foundation is Project Jennifer. So I've just, during the lockdown, written the screenplay of uh, the, you know, uh, the book, of the yes. Book. Of the book. The, yes, of the book. So the screenplay, the uh, fourth draft is ready. Mm -hmm. Of course, when we, excuse me, when we get a producer, we do the final shooting draft. So once that is done, let's hope yeah. we see it on the big screen or the OTT platform. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because Jennifer's story should go right ahead. It should. Like I said, especially our youngsters must know what's going on. The underbelly is not always very pleasant. 
and we must face up to it. So, uh, Rishika, do you think we have some time for questions, or we are, or we can carry on? Uh, Ma'am, we have five minutes for doing the questions. Okay. So now, uh, how 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 do you keep yourself busy now? With this NGO, the the foundation, the YouTube, the writing, this. I mean, I can see that your life is full right now. Yeah, yeah, it is full, and I like it. Touch wood, I want it to be that way. And uh, you know, uh, I love doing all these webinars. I love to, you know, get into and spread the knowledge. And this year is Omji's seventieth birthday, so we have a lot of things lined up. Apart from Puri Bate, which we launched. We also have, you know, a short story writing competition and uh, lots of other things. And uh, we'll be bringing out a lot of uh, stuff. So please uh, stay tuned to Puri Bate and the OmPuriFoundation.com. And of course, I love uh, uh, other simple things of life like cooking and eating. <laughs> That's my question. Who is Nandita Puri? Besides the author, who is Puri? is otherwise a very simple uh, housewife, and I'm very proud to call myself a uh, you know Hazif because uh, I always there was Omji who did the main uh, yes. earning, and I always yes. lived you know, and he would always say, see, "See, I have to go out in the sun and work hard." So you hmm. are the privileged lot. So you <laughs> not not just write, you write for a good cause, for social cause, do something good. So that is one of the reasons for the Ompuri Foundation. So that's he encouraged you a lot. That's great. How do you both? Of course, of course. As uh, I said, if if Gulzasa was responsible, so was Omji. You know, Gulzasa said it once and in between, but Omji went on and on. I said, "Yar," he says, "Do write, write a book." You know, why is he sitting? How, how did you both meet? Oh, I went to interview this him. This is the filmy part of it. <laughs> this is the filmy part. Okay, so I mm. went to interview him in uh, when he had come to Calcutta for the shooting of City of oh. Joy, Roland Joffe's. So he was uh, mm. uh, he, Shabana, Patrick Swayze. Uh, so they mm. were in the film, and I was a cub reporter. And I, we all wanted to go and interview Patrick Swayze because he was <laughs> just fresh out of dirty dancing yeah, and wow. yeah so i went and told my editor and my editor said no way why would you why would we send you to in, invite uh, interview patrick and roland you do something so i was very disappointed very disheartened he said you go and interview om puri <laughs> he was your second choice by default he always used to tell me so i said okay fine those days were pre google days so i had to go of course i had serious films i was very mm. much aware. in fact i had i was much more aware of ompuri and shabana asmi than i was aware of patrick swayze but right. anyway i went to interview him for the telegraph color magazine and that's it <laughs> then you rest know, is history rest is history <laughs> to okay. personal i'll tell you personally <laughs> right okay uh, any questions uh, rishika Uh, Ma'am, we'll conclude the session. Yeah, there's no time left. Yeah, that's yes, yes. Uh, yeah. We just have three minutes left. Okay. So, Nandita, um, one thing I want to uh, offer you that if there's anything that we can do for you from Nagpur, at Nagpur, in Nagpur, as regards the foundation and all Lovely. that brilliant work that you're doing, we'll be very, very happy to be a part Lovely. of that. Lovely. I, 
I think um, it warms the cockles of my heart to know this, Jennifer, a book has come out and you have taken such pains to write about a topic which is so, uh, so, so, um, what is the word? I mean, important. It's not, an, it's not a new thing that's happening. It's been happening over the years, but no one has taken the guts to, you know, pinpoint on it and bring it out in the open. So we are very grateful to you for that. Thank and you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been thank an you. pleasure. You were you are such a live buyer. I have to ask you no <laughs> questions. You just took off the whole thing. And I think I hope I get another chance to speak with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And likewise, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Monica. Thank yeah. you, Rishika. Thank you so much. All right. Thank, thank you, you very much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, thank you, ma'am, for this wonderful session on behalf of Foreign City Literature Fest and SGR Knowledge Foundation. We sincerely express our gratitude towards your acceptance for this session and knowledge shared with us. I would also like to acknowledge our radio partner 92.7 Big FM for their support. And lastly, I thank our audience for joining this session. Thank you. Twenty years of existence, two universities, 23 educational institutes, offering 137 courses, Rai Sony Group of Institutions, a vision beyond.